An estimated 10,000 people descended on Las Vegas this week to attend Health 23, a three-day conference that brings together healthcare stakeholders from around the world. The conference reflects some of the biggest changes happening in health and tech, including this year's star, artificial intelligence. It's Wednesday, October 11th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the latest news in health business and policy, and for one more day from Las Vegas at Health. Yesterday marked the last full day of Health 23 in Las Vegas, Nevada, and one of the dominating themes, if not the dominating theme of the conference, and this likely won't come as a surprise, was artificial intelligence in healthcare. Walking around the showroom floor, there were countless representatives from AI companies all over the globe, and really just sitting in the small area that was the media village, you could see at least four vendors that were promoting their AI tools. And outside of just vendors, artificial intelligence was also a major theme of many of the sessions and talks throughout the conference. On Tuesday alone, there were at least five stage sessions dedicated to the topic and how it intersects in various ways in healthcare, really ranging from administrative applications to potential help with clinician staffing to, in some cases, how it could even play a role in surgery in the future. And some of these discussions also hit on the ethics of using AI in healthcare, notably when it comes to health equity. And overall, AI was really integrated into a lot of what health had to offer. The website and app would frequently send me AI recommendations for potential networking connections and panels that I might be interested in. And sometimes those recommendations were pretty spot on and at other times a little less so, but that's pretty par for the course for what's available to consumers broadly. Looking now to how AI was discussed on Tuesday, one of the first sessions was hosted by Microsoft's Alyssa Taylor, who was the corporate vice president of Azure and Industry. During her talk, Taylor outlined the immense amount of siloed data that hospitals produce every year, roughly 50 petabytes, or the equivalent of every human being generating 4,000 photos every day for the rest of their lives. But she said that 97% of that data generated by hospitals goes unused. So if you know that we need better insights to drive to better care, then what would be possible if you could unlock that sheer amount of data. And it gets very, very interesting if you think about being able to unlock that data and then start to apply AI on top of that data. As part of Microsoft's efforts to help hospitals manage that data, Taylor announced that the tech company will roll out solutions specific to the healthcare industry in Fabric, an AI-powered analytics platform. Taylor said that the integration will enable organizations to combine data from those previously siloed sources. And with these new data solutions, you will actually, within the Fabric, be able to have purpose-built data connectors. You will have purpose-built healthcare uh, industry data models so that you can bring in that data from the very specific industry solutions. You'll be able to organize and construct that data, and you'll be able to do things like understand changes at the patient level, population health, regulatory environments, all within Microsoft Fabric. But from there, what's 
once you have that, then you're able to do new things like health resource planning, streamlining administrative tasks, as well as ultimately providing more personalized care. She said that Northwestern Health in Chicago is one of the first systems in the United States to begin using fabric. And abroad, according to a blog post written by Taylor, Arthur Health in Canada plans to use fabric to power predictive care stage models in partnership with Quisitive for the Ontario Workers Network. And Sing Health, Singapore's largest network of public healthcare institutions, will use healthcare data solutions for its underlying data infrastructure. Taylor also introduced Kenneth Harper, vice president of Ambient Clinical Intelligence at Nuance, a conversational AI company that Microsoft acquired in March 2022. As part of the discussion, Harper cited a use case from Atrium Health, part of Advocate Health, which began using Nuance's Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX Copilot, previously known as DAX Express, as part of a private deployment. According to Harper, the system saw significant improvements in some administrative functions after it was rolled out. Number one is clinicians are now saving about 40 minutes a day, is what Atrium actually was able to, to measure because of the documentation burden that's being minimized. And if you think about many days a week that clinicians are, are practicing, you're talking about giving people hours back in a week to focus on other things that are more important and allowing clinicians to get their life back a little bit more, to have more time with, with friends and, and family. You know, a second outcome was 84% of clinicians felt documentation was better. They had a better experience because DAX Copilot is a brand new way of how you can capture that information, very different from how healthcare has been practiced historically. And then the third thing, and I think honestly, if you think about it, Alyssa, probably most important, yeah is 68% of clinicians actually felt they were giving a much better experience to their patients because they could focus on them, give them the eye contact they deserve, and their attention wasn't diverted on other things like documentation. This is just one example of some of the artificial intelligence tools either entering the market or being developed that aim to address a lot of issues within healthcare, ranging from tackling administrative tasks to reduce provider burnout to helping health systems leverage their data for their operations. And there were also two particularly fascinating AI panel discussions on Tuesday. The first was called There's No AI in Team. During that conversation, a five-person panel discussed the integration of AI in healthcare and its potential capabilities. One speaker was Jessica Beagle, Senior Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer for LifePoint Health, which operates more than 60 community hospital campuses across 28 states. She said that she sees AI being a solution to provider burnout, that is, if providers buy into the goal of the technology. I don't lead with it's an AI solution. AI is a part of it. It's a very important part, and we will talk about it, but we don't necessarily lead with it. We lead with we're solving for nurse burnout, we're solving for physician burnout, we're solving for throughput efficiency, and that really gets people thinking in a different manner. And one point that I'll make on sort of doing the upfront work, especially if you work in a health system, the more you can make people comfortable with even just a baseline, the easier it is for them to actually open up about what actually is keeping them from saying yes. So for example, a CFO is likely not going to know the difference in AI. That doesn't mean he or she doesn't want to like, use them, but if he or she doesn't feel comfortable, they may not ask the question that's actually preventing them from saying yes and giving you the green light. And so I think that like the upfront legwork is really helpful 
um, to speed things up down the road. So Another panelist in that discussion was Moonjal Shah, co-founder and CEO of Hippocratic AI, which says it has developed the first safety-focused large language model for healthcare and has partnered with health systems across the country. He said that staffing could be one area that could benefit significantly from AI. I think that we not only have the ability to create staffing with generative AI, we have the ability to create what we call super staffing. And the idea of super staffing is that most people don't realize the cost of running a generative AI in a voice conversation. So this is something that has 130 IQ, has passed the NCLEX, the nursing exam, the NAPLEX, the pharmacy exam, has passed all these other exams, has been trained on every healthcare description of explanation of benefits in the country, et cetera, et cetera. It'll cost, you know, a few bucks an hour. Have we ever, and you can have infinite staff at a few bucks an hour with huge clinical expertise. And so today, you know, there are things we don't even do in healthcare. Among the tasks that Shaw said we don't do in healthcare is call every patient within days of starting a new medication to see how they're doing. He said this is largely due to cost and a lack of staffing, which is where he sees AI as a potential solution. However, there wasn't a consensus when it came to AI's capability in the staffing realm from other panel members. Warda Anam, CEO of Overjet, which provides AI solutions for dental providers and payers to automate their claims filings, pushed back Back on Shaw's assertion. I don't think we should think of AI as another employee. And I think why we shouldn't think about it is because uh, we need to get cost out of the system. We need to get, we need to rethink the system with the new capabilities that we have rather than putting bandages on these, uh, on these things. For example, the amount of call center costs that healthcare systems get or the administrative processes that providers have to go through to su submit these claims, etc. Rather than putting bots on one side, bots on the other side, and doing the same tasks now automated, I think we really need to change how these things are happening and what is the fundamental reason why we're ending up having all of these calls and administrative processes and how do we actually use this technology at the right spot, uh, whether it's where the origination of these uh, administrative inefficiencies is happening or, uh, but not at, at the place where it's already happening. It will start with that, you know, we'll, we'll start with uh, bots putting bandages on places, but I think overall we have this opportunity to rethink how we actually uh, administer care, how we actually administer uh, all the, uh, the pieces that are involved in care and start to automate some of these processes completely so it's happening in the back end rather than in the front end. She went on to say that she did think there would be an opportunity to augment human teams with AI once these other issues were addressed. Clearly, it's still too early to tell what the overall capabilities of artificial intelligence in healthcare could be, but the panelists were optimistic that it could benefit the industry. And later in the afternoon, Google's Director of Health Equity and Product Inclusion, Dr. Ivor Horn, Department of Health and Human Services Chief Information Officer Carl Mathias, Dr. John Halamka, president of the Mayo Clinic platform, and Dr. Jesse Ehrenfeld, president of the American Medical Association, took to the Sky stage to speak on a panel titled With Great AI Power Comes Great Responsibility, a play on the famous line from Marvel's Spider-Man. During that conversation, Dr. John Halamka highlighted the rapid spread of AI within healthcare over the last year and how health systems have approached the technology. At Health last year, generative AI wasn't even in our lexicon. 
And so what are health systems doing? I hear them doing three things. One is administrative burden reduction, documentation, summarization, email management. Great, and that's commercial products put into workflows in novel ways. Others tell me, we're waiting for Epic to do something inside the EHR. And, you know, that's fine. I'm sure there will be products and services. And then some say, what about innovation on your own? Creating something that doesn't exist in the commercial market. And Mayo is very happy to contribute to society. All of our lessons learned as we build foundational models from scratch. It's just a little early to think of generative AI in a clinical diagnostic capacity. You've probably seen that some of the uh, lectures that have been given at uh, this conference used generative AI and said, here's a case, what do you think? And not only did each of the five chatbots give a different answer, each chatbot gave a different answer with each successive prompt, suggesting, eh, too early for that at this time. Outside of health systems and their potential adoption of AI, AMA President Dr. Jesse Ehrenfeld highlighted that there's still a significant amount of distrust from patients when it comes to the technology. We do have a trust problem, though, and a majority of U.S. consumers would rather have an unaided physician making a diagnosis than an aided physician with AI if the aided, unaided physician is wrong because they don't trust the AI. So we need to create a regulatory framework and environment where people have trust and confidence in these tools if we're going to see adoption and the creation of, of a marketplace. And, and we know that the regulatory framework coming out of HHS is gonna be <laughs> very important to make sure that we can establish that. We need safe and effective products, and it's not really clear what the FDA and other parts of the government are going to do to ensure that that's the reality. And there's still a lot about AI that we're still learning about. One item that came up during the panel was the issue of the so-called black box in AI, which refers to AI systems with internal workings that are invisible to the user. In short, a person can feed AI an input and get an output, but you cannot examine the system's code or logic that produced said output. And how the federal government is addressing the unknowns of AI came up throughout the conversation. Here's HHS's CIO, Carl Mathias. We've had governance, we have testing, we have government standards around it. When you send an email, you have no idea how it got from point A to point B. I don't. I have a PhD in computer science, but <laughs> I couldn't tell you the mechanics other than there's a lot of things that surround that. I think what we're going to find is we've got to develop those frameworks that, that gives us that assurance that it's been tested, that it is accurate, to your point that it is fair, uh, that it is effective, it's safe. Uh, and those are the things that we've got to work on over time. Uh, you know, it, it's going to take some time to develop that confidence and then I have this suspicion people won't think about it quite so much. And Dr. Ivor Horn from Google drove the point home further by saying that AI is too important not to regulate and not regulate well. And she said, too, that as Google works to develop these models, that they've made it a priority to emphasize equity and include many partners in the process. The other thing that I think is really important when we start talking about equity as part of this work is making sure that everyone is at the table. We, we have to understand that oftentimes technology and innovation slows down from those with privilege to those who, who have less. And one of the things that we find is really important is that we are bringing people to the table who have lived context, who have experience, who have expertise in health equity as part of that work. And as we talk about in CHI, in our 
in our coalition and the other areas that we work in. We want to make sure that we're bringing people to the table so that when we're building these models, when we're thinking about these models, that we're thinking about all the people who will be not only using them, but also those who impact them. We don't want to anchor on just providers and health systems when we need to think about the communities and the people who are impacted by them as well. And there was a lot of discussion about ethics and bias within AI and its potential impact on healthcare, not only in this panel, but in others as well, which highlights the task that healthcare and technology face as AI becomes more commonplace. Both Dr. Horn and Carl Mathias stressed that we should also be sure to remember that AI is a tool that can be used to greatly benefit healthcare, but it's still just a tool. In other health AI news, Google's cloud service unveiled on Monday new AI capabilities through its Vertex AI search that allows users to find accurate clinical information much more efficiently and to search a broad spectrum of data from clinical sources, including clinical notes and medical data in electronic health records. In other health news, Sutter Health announced Tuesday the launch of its Innovation Center based in San Francisco, California. The health system said that the new, dedicated space is aimed at finding creative solutions to some of today's biggest healthcare challenges and looks to innovate in areas including chronic care management and home care. It will also maintain its technology partnerships with companies like Ferrum Health, a health AI company. The new location will also house Sutter's innovation team. The health system said it is still looking to finalize a location in San Francisco with plans to be up and running by early 2024. McLean, Virginia-based Verado, a cloud-based patient matching platform, announced it will partner with Clear on a new initiative in an effort to accelerate the adoption of digital identity in healthcare. Clear is perhaps best known for its biometric verification kiosks in airports that allow people to quickly move through security lines. Verado said the goal of the partnership is to enable healthcare organizations to address interoperability challenges, improve patient experiences, and drive down healthcare costs. This is not the only clear partnership announced at Health this week. On Tuesday, the company unveiled its partnership with Be Well Connected Health to create a more seamless login experience for consumers to securely access their health data, schedule care, and access healthcare services. And Cigna's Evernorth announced it will acquire BrightMD, an asynchronous telehealth provider. The goal of the acquisition is to integrate BrightMD's asynchronous care into Evernorth's virtual primary care platform, MD Live, and provide triage and navigation capabilities to the platform. Additionally, MD Live is enhancing its virtual primary care service to include health coaching for patients with chronic conditions. Dr. Eric Weil, chief medical officer, officer for MD Live said in a statement that the evolution of the platform will ultimately help patients get care faster and facilitate better patient-provider interactions. The financial specifics of the deal were not disclosed. On Thursday, we'll be back with the latest healthcare business and policy news in 10 minutes or less.
This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.